from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brady Gunn, Tom Freak, Carlos Lopez, Bill George, Diego, and now the critic himself, Steve Austin, has uh, graced us with his presence on the way down to... Hanging out with you. That's why I came in early. I thought you, wait, you're gonna, I thought you were on the shark I'm or something. No, no. Seven the shark this afternoon, four to nine. He came, four to, to, scold, he came to scold us. Yeah, well, th- well you. Not, you. Not you. You. Not scold you. I'm trying to Talk in that microphone, rookie. And I'm not a rookie. Otherwise, <laughs> it turned up. <laughs> yes, it's turned up. You shouldn't have to be right here. Yes, it? you should. Otherwise, he's, uh, it doesn't work. Ha- what, what did you find? No, that was Bill George's iPad. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's with Steve or my father. It doesn't matter if they're listening to the show. Trust me. I get, I love this one. Steve just comes in and, and slaps my testicles around for five minutes. My dad comes in and goes, can you take a little constructive criticism about the show today? Sure. Dad, lay it on me. Blah, 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 bang, pow, poo, bang, pow. And Steve just comes in, kicks the door open. You guys are driving me nuts. I want to know about the lore. All right. right. (laughs) Let's ask ask this question. All right. Let's see. There's four guys sitting here. You bring up the lure the kid makes, which I go, wow, what a cool thing. I'm not tuning this out. I want to hear where I can get one of those. And the next thing I hear, I got to buy some pampering on the way home and eat some cookies right now. You're like, you're like that, that dog with a squirrel across his yard. So you can get the lure. Oh, look, the sky's, the sky's really blue today. Yeah, it's, it's so pretty. I, 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 don't, I don't remember it. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember what it was. I know that Bill's son is now interested in flying uh, and tying flies and was asking his dad how he could make money off of it. And I said, Get a yellow fly and a white fly. That's all you need. Or a bumblebee pattern or something yeah. like that. I mean, sure, man. I mean, you could catch just about anything with that. Uh, but if he could come up with one uh, that's pretty decent, that is... Uh, if he made one look like an Oreo cookie, he could catch you. I catch me right there. I'm all good right there. Uh, the number one selling fly on the west coast of Florida, I'm going to say, as you remember when we used to sell them at Austin and Gun, was the pinfish um, fly yeah. and the glass minnow fly. Yeah. Two biggest sellers on the planet. I don't. You can put purple and red and all that. Now, you want to put some purple on something if you're going out for tarpon, but not too many people fly fish for tarpon over here. But um, for trout, redfish, snook, and stuff like that, those were the two big sellers. So my advice to him would be, uh, Bill, if you're still listening, is figure out your own pattern, something really delicious, and uh, put something in it that nobody else does, and you will sell them. That, that's why I eat Chilean sea bass, because I like to taste what they like to eat. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. I had like two pieces that big yesterday. But, but Enough for four meals. But what do they taste like? What's the difference between Chilean sea bass and no uh, West Coast? It tastes incredible. I have no idea what the difference is. <laughs> I've, I've, got a, I've got a buddy, though, that owns a little shop, and he'll go, I got some Chilean sea bass. Like we were talking about crack. 
I've got it in the freezer for you. <laughs> it's in the back. It is frozen solid. It's totally it, delicious it, for it, you. It's, it's 16 grams. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little over a pound. Delicious. Yeah. That, by the way, that was funny. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, Carlos it. brings out some singers every once in a while. Thank you. I'll be here all week. The one yeah. that I remember that I, 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 uh, our good friend Les McDowell, when he was on his, uh, you know, muscle building health kick thing, and every day he would come in and he would have his three helpings of orange roughy and rice. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, what in the world Not is an orange roughy? What is an orange roughy? I don't even. So I looked it up. And I looked up where these orange roughies are taken from and where they are. And they're off the coast of Australia in like some giant trench. They're like 2,000 feet below the surface. Their pressure is so great down where they live that they literally average maybe about a quarter of an inch per year. So you're eating a fish that's probably at least 10 years old that has never seen light. and lives but it's already compressed in a patty for a fish sandwich. <laughs> But it lives in an area where it is highly known for its concentrations of, of uh, methane gas, anything coming off the bottom, heavy metals. They're riddled with that nasty stuff. Wow. But they started catching them because the regulations in Australia made them move out to deeper, 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 deeper waters. And they found these things. Nobody had ever fished them before. And there's like... Multiple trillions of them that live down in well, this trench. Won't be for long. <laughs> so they well, figured out. You know what? We'll just the we'll Chinese just, will will figure that out. Yeah, they'll just fish we'll them just, out. We'll, we'll just feed it to the uh, people. Hey, that way, you get all your you know vitamins and minerals and irons and all that stuff at the same time. <laughs> That's why we need tags for lobster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And for turkeys. And, which, oh God! For turkeys, for long turkeys, we need a tag system. Which, which literally shocked Tom to the core when I said, "Yeah, there's no tag there. We don't know how I, many I turkeys." Couldn't, are. I couldn't believe that Florida doesn't track harvest numbers. We have on no our, idea on our on our Osceolas. Everybody wants to come here and hunt Osceolas, yet we have no idea how many are killed each year. No. Nope. nope. Yeah. And, I, and we've been saying that for 20 years. Oh, yeah, at least. Uh, from day one, at Austin and Gunn, I mean, we were uh, we were screaming about turkey tags from, you, from day one. You'll probably see a report system within the year on them. Well, I mean, it's about I would time. hope so. You, can, you, can't make management, you can't make management decisions on something unless you know how many there are and how many are being harvested. In, in 2004, I'm in Texas hunting the Rios. And that guy, the last thing he said to me when he dropped me off was, the minute one hits the ground, have that bad boy tagged. Yeah, exactly. He, he, I said, well, this is, what, 25,000 acres out here. And he goes, game wards will roll right in here looking for you. Oh, yeah. And they and they and then uh, Tom will tell you, hunting in Missouri as well, anything that hits the ground before you even drag it to the truck. Yeah. Don't move it. You gotta, That's what I was told. You don't touch it until you tag it. You gotta, you gotta lift that leg, stick a hole in that tendon, stick that sucker on there, then start your dragon. Yeah. I mean, and and if it's back at the truck, walk your butt back to the truck, get your tag, and walk your butt back out I, there. I, I know people that have shot their two turkeys in the same day. A friend of ours actually called the show one Saturday. You remember that? Killed one, 30 minutes later, called back, just got the other one. Well, that's kind of illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but now who's who's going to know? Who, who knows? And and go out the next day and shoot four. Run. Yeah. I, well, you know, it's it's one of those things that you would think would have been a no-brainer, as Tom and I and you and everybody else has pointed out. It's the only place in the world you can get one. 
Why wouldn't you know what the exact They're numbers gold. are being? And, yeah. and really from Central Florida down, because everything north really is a hybrid. Yeah, I mean, you you go to Ocala; those aren't those aren't uh, Osceolas uh, for the most mixed. part. They're I mean, mixed. you can find them, but now you got to remember, uh, yeah, NWTF moved the lineup. Yep. it's not at the the cutoff anymore. At what was it, forty four? And now it's it's and now they've raised it up a little bit higher. Well, I'm, I went, I'm impressed you knew that. What do you mean? It's my first day on the show. What the hell's wrong with you? No, I'm, I'm just impressed that you knew that. That's all. Okay, go ahead. Move along. Oh, look, Oreos. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Pop you, you know, I went to Nebraska with my son, you know, years ago, and you could kill four a day. But a, that's a because when they, when they come in, there's nine gobblers coming in at once. And, and you know, I, but they still tag them. And you know you're going to get checked. You have to like make sure you get to a, a little store somewhere, and show them what you've harvested. And, yep. And now I heard there's a number you got to call immediately and go. I just use this tag, this tag, and this tag. Exactly, and that's the way it should be. And uh, wow. that's what you do when you're in, in Missouri. As soon as you tag it, you call the number. You say eight point Hickory County, blah blah blah. You tell them where, when, and what, and you type in your number, and they go thank you confirmation da 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 da, and it's reported. And then when you take it to your processor, they peel off your license, stick it to the clipboard of your deer that's being processed, so now you don't even have it anymore. Now you just get it back when you get your deer. Well, so you it's know, you meat. watch that Texas Game Warden show, and there's always a guy who uses his son's tag. Oh, yeah, always. Well, hey. we got to take a break. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back. downhill from here ladies and gentlemen welcome in everybody it's the big and wild outdoors great gun tom free carlos lopez phil george and steve austin yo standing here in the studio uh getting ready to play that song in a couple hours i will say that uh who's programming that station is that ken arazi who's doing uh, that well kamikaze partially but also uh, our boy jeff really z z the Z, yeah, love uh, him, man. Doing, Great guy. They're doing a pretty good job on yeah, it, man. Station so, sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. I'll tell you I what, it's classic do, rock that really rocks. And I especially it. like it when Strap is on there because I just, uh, with my kids, they're all, they listen. They go, "Is that, is that Steve?" And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, I know that guy." Well, you know, my, my roots were in rock and roll. <laughs> I know. The '95 YNF days, right there in the building next to yeah. us. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, did you see the station I was playing when I was up in Knoxville on the yeah. rental car? Was the rock station I started on? Yeah, I know that. Uh, WIMZ Knoxville. Even though I was working at QYK in the promotions department back then, I used to have to sneak over to '95 uh, YNF whenever they'd have a a huge celebrity come in and uh, be on the morning show or anything else like that. I remember one day I skipped out of work just to get over and. Get my picture taken with Edie Brickell because yeah. I was so in love with well, her. I got my picture taken with Scorpions, Journey, uh, Aerosmith. Do you know that I was in high school when Aerosmith had their first album? How long were those bastards? <laughs> <laughs> a 
couple of weeks they've been around anyway. They're 50-something years they've been going. I mean, what's his name? 74, 75 years still old? Rocking the, still rocking in the real world. Dream on. Yeah, it's all good. Do we want to bring up the CV Nick story or no? No. Okay. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get that one off the uh, <laughs> That'll be in the book when I'm all gone. <laughs> It'll be dead and gone. We'll be reading it as eulogy. Yeah. And then there was a time that Steve and Stevie Nicks. Blah, 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 blah. Now everybody wants to know. It's kind of like a, a kid kinda making like a fishing lure. Kind of like that kid with the lure. <laughs> the landslide. <laughs> kids kids trying to fish with the lure. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> hey, one thing, I'll never break the chain, Stevie. <laughs> uh, since since you're here, i got to ask you this, uh, Steve. You know you're a gun guy and all that kind of stuff. What do you think about uh, the governor uh, signing the bill banning gun restrictions and regulations by local governments? Oh, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it because it's the Second Amendment, and, you know, people can say what they want. It says... What it says, that our rights shall not be infringed, period. That is true. And I know that uh, uh, so over, over at G5, you know, Hillsborough County, after the uh, shooting down south, they came to their and said, you know what, we're going to make it five days. Whereas you can drive over to Polk County and the rules are as they used to be. You want to buy a long gun, you buy it and you go home. Well, in the uh, words of Homer Simpson, I don't want to wait five days. I'm mad now. <laughs> And just, there's no reason if 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 I was going to do something evil, I'm not three days, two more days is not going to matter. Well, the the law doesn't take effect until July 1st, as they always do here in the state of Florida. But I think this is the part that's probably going to wake up the the Rick Christmans of the world and the city no, councils of the wake world. Him up. Well, the, it actually allows citizens. Or gun groups to sue local governments for enacting gun restrictions and demand up to $100,000 in damages. I, I had so a, you got 100, 100 people filing lawsuits. That's, that's quite a bit of money. I hope this isn't true, but I had a St. Pete cop tell me a few months ago that if you broke in my house and I live in incorporated St. Petersburg and I shoot you in self-defense because you got a butcher knife or whatever— they're probably at least going to charge me with a violation of discharging a weapon within the city. Within the city limits? Not going to arrest me for shooting you, but they're, they're going to charge you for discharging that firearm in the city. Within your own home? Within my own home, trying to save my own life. Which doesn't make any sense at all since there is a way you can actually build a shooting range in your backyard. Well, that guy did it that yeah. time. And uh, you can actually discharge a firearm as long as it's done properly. So why wouldn't it uh, apply? You know what that is? It's just a way to make it uncomfortable for you where your ass is going to show up in court as well. And the judge is going to throw it out, but it's going to inconvenience you, take time off, all the other kind Or maybe hesitate and get me killed because I'm stopping to think, am I going to go to jail if I pull this trigger? Well, I always look at it this way. You know you're going to spend time down at the jailhouse anyway. Yeah. So uh, you got to confiscate your gun, yeah. and you're going to be there all day telling the story ten times. Yeah, it does. But that would be uh, that would be a bad thing, I think, if if that actually happens, because no. they, they can deal with my lawyer Kevin Hazlett if if that because you know I'd rather be judged by you know the old exactly you know, judged by twelve and carried by six. And if the law's on your side, then the law's on your side. So yeah. uh, that right there just sounds like something they arbitrarily. As what he's trying to get rid of, yeah. threw it out there so that they can go, well, you got to at least charge it for discharging Well, well I told you last week, man, up in Tennessee, the, the legend in this state that everybody loves is our governor. I've never seen a guy more popular with people in the South than he is. 
Yeah. I know, man. Well, he's, uh, if we can't get Grady Judd to run. <laughs> he's, he's happy right where he is. I man. know. He don't want to do He's not else. moving nothing, but yeah. I'm just – I'm just saying that uh, with this one right here, I think that it's going to probably uh, clarify a lot of things and change a lot of things. And uh, knowing that the power is back in the hands of the people, yep. saying that if you're going to do this to me, as you pointed out, the Second Amendment says what it says, then uh, be prepared to pay for it. Yep. And uh, once, you know, city councils and all that, they don't like to be sued and they don't like the things they can't win. So uh, if this is going against them right off the bat, we're each one of us in this room can make $100,000 off of uh, your lawsuit, I think it's going to probably change some minds. Well, you know, you get on a plane with a rifle or shotgun, it's not too bad, but walk up there with that pistol case and go, I'd like to declare a firearm and watch those heads whip around. They do freak out a little bit more when it comes to handguns. Yeah. I don't know why. And when Passengers, it's going in the... I mean, it seems like the people with the airline are used to it. But, but it just—it's so—it's so crazy. It's going in the same place that your hair dryer's going. I'm not going to be able to get to it. Yeah. So what's the problem? I, uh, I had a little situation with a magazine. I had a—I had a magazine. I forgot to take out of my bag. And was it loaded? Was it outdoor life? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say clip because you know. Steve's next to me. He oh, yeah. He's having a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, we don't put up with that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, said, I, said, I, I didn't slang it out. But, yeah, it was a bit of an issue. They they, they confiscated it. I, I had to, you know, declare I wanted it back, and I could have mailed it to myself. And, um, you know, that's what I ended up having to do. But it was a whole process. I They took my status for boarding a plane early, you know, for six months. I mean, it was a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, they removed your early early yeah. boarding status because yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, there was you know I was. So they a, put you on the I, list. I was on a list for six months. So wow, it, it, was, dude. it was a bit of a pain. Well, I I board with behind every other group anyway. It's like that comic said: uh, all people with two dogs are now boarding. All people <laughs> with children, veterans. Go, yeah, <laughs> you could go on last. People who bought a roast beef sandwich on the way in board now. <laughs> I always just wait till the end. I'm just I like, you know what? I just, you know. Do you, you really want to sit on that plane for 30 extra no, minutes? No. I'm going to sit out here in the air conditioning and I, everything else. For, I, was, I was flying every other week, so, you know, it just happens. Let the, uh, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. Fights, you know, pan out, you know, all that stuff before I go and, you know, walk down there. And uh, that way I go, boop, there's my seat right there. That's all good. And I don't carry a bunch of crud with me, so. I'm pretty easy peasy, man. I just get in there, sit down, and go do my thing. I'll tell you one thing. On the way back, I was glad I had the the vaccination because the guy next to me looks like he just got out of prison, <laughs> and had his mask below his nose and half of his mouth uncovered. And I'm thinking that ain't helping you, and it sure as hell ain't helping me. That seems to bother you a lot. Well, because you're it's stupid. Take the thing off and throw it away. <laughs> you're not. You're not. If you haven't learned to wear a mask in a year and a half, just throw it away. Go ahead. Just take it off, and well, yeah. now we well, can anyway, so Steve, it's no big the, deal. There's a thing as natural selection, and you know that that probably applies. That's why uh, some animals eat their young, they, and that's they do. <laughs> I got to ask you this because you know Tom just got back from Honduras, and he was talking about uh, picking up another shipment. Were you? Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> we <laughs> don't had, like to talk about that on the radio, but he, uh, he had to go through the whole uh, you know COVID free, COVID free uh, process to uh, uh, to go. To leave the country, you have to be COVID-free. To get into the country, you have to be COVID-free. And then to leave the country, you have to be COVID-free. And then to get back into the country, you have to be COVID-free. So uh, 
He had to go through it not once, not twice, but, you know, a quad but, time. Well, it was funny because nobody asked me anything about if I had had the vaccine. Not one person. Not, you know, not anybody from the United States side, not anybody from the Honduran side. You know, everybody's pushing vaccine, 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 yet coming and going, they don't care if you've had it or not. So what does that say? They just take your temperature, and as long as you they say didn't you're take, They didn't even take my temperature. You just had to have a, a negative, a, a, within 72 hours of travel, you have to have a negative COVID test. <laughs> so okay. so that doesn't mean on those three days after you had the, t- the test, if you got infected, and that's all right. But as long as you know that point in time, uh, it's just, it doesn't well, make any sense. Well, I think we we got to have the vaccine, and now now it's being proven. I, that, you know, I'm 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 vaccinated. I'm vaccinated, so I, I don't. You know, yeah, I've, but you're I've, a two timer. I've, ha- I've, 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 I've had COVID, and I'm vaccinated, so you I'm be pretty much proof at this point. I, <laughs> knock on knock on wood. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I got I, I a year ago in March, I I managed to get it, and luckily. Uh, everybody in my family got it, and we all came through it uh, well. And uh, you know, now we're all vaccinated. So, you know, and I and I, but I still believe that that's a personal choice. I chose to get the vaccine. If somebody else doesn't want the vaccine, hey, that's their right. To what they, nobody should be forced to put anything they don't want in their body. Exactly. You know, this is still the United States. Everybody's free to make that choice. But you know, if you you know, the way I look at it is, you know, I chose to get it, and if somebody else doesn't want to get it, that's fine. But I don't want to hear anybody complaining if if they get if they if, if they get it. Well, you got to remember, Tom's an OG man. He's uh, one of the original COVID uh, guys. He uh, was out of Colorado when they. What did you have like seventy two hours to they, leave? Yeah, they they, they were... shut down. We were on a family and friends <laughs> ski trip. They shut the ski resort down. They shut the town down. Then they shut the county down, and they gave all non residents seventy two hours to get home. So I I flew home because they were forcing us out, and uh, I landed at Tampa at eleven p.m. Felt completely fine. Woke up the next morning, felt like a truck had run me over multiple times. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh great. So I was immediately sent to a, a testing center, and then it took two weeks for my positive test to come back. Uh, and then well, by it, then you were almost over. by then I was uh, I was well, almost completely minutes. over it. I mean, they're oh, getting yeah. better. Well, and then, of course, everybody, you know, in our group had to get tested. And, of course, my daughter, who was quarantined with me, you know, they didn't want to test her because she hadn't been to a hot spot. You know, she's been quarantined with me for two weeks, who has a confirmed case. I don't know how much hotter it gets than that. <laughs> it just, at the beginning, you know, nobody knew what they were doing. And it was just, you know, no. but luckily we all came through it, you know, in yeah, my the, family. The whole town is locked down because everybody has COVID. So you have to leave and go run across the country and go back to your destinations where you came from. If you remember the original COVID cases that happened in the state of Florida were all people who had traveled somewhere else and come back. It was in Naples, Miami, all those If we built that border wall right there at New York and just kept them north of it, (laughs) things would be a lot better everywhere. Well, it might be that way. No offense. Thanks. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, but he hasn't been back to New York in how long? I don't know, probably. Uh, yeah, you ever look at all years? the million condos going up in all these swamps we love to hunt? You ever see where the corporations are that are tearing the swamps down? <clears throat> New, New York. York. Yeah, yeah, of course they are, man. And, and more are coming down now. They got money, too. Oh, thank God. Bringing their money with them. Yep. Got to bring bigger and better. We'll see. Think of it, they got no houses here. Well, in look St. at King. it this way. I came by 7 Eleven a few minutes ago. Nobody's there getting gas. There's like one car. Yay! Awesome. The crisis is over. What I love is the people that set their car on fire. I love that. 
<laughs> we need more of that. If you're that we stupid, do. you shouldn't be driving. Yeah, honey, all that, I got is some Ziploc gallon bags. They'll hold yeah, water. All, all those people putting the gas in the unimproved containers, that's just job security for all my brothers out and sisters out there in the fire service. You are absolutely right. we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome in, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring Gun Tom Free. Filling in for Jonathan, who's out uh, showing the swine this weekend with his kids. Carlos Lopez, Bill George, and Steve Austin before he goes over and does this. Hi, I'm Steve Austin. You might know me from the Big and Wild show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. That's a dig. That's might, a dig. You might know me from... Uh, Shots fired. From such hit shows as... <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Let's list those. Buzz Brothers show, uh, Austin and Gun, uh, Jack Strap. What else? I mean, how many shows? Monica and I did a talk show together. Exactly. I don't I remember mean, what it's called? <laughs> don't, uh, don't even remember what it's called. Well, man, I'm, I would say since my very good friend Ted Webb passed away, I might be me and Jack Harris might be the longest running guys in radio in this market. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, now that Teddy's gone, that's uh, that was a big blow for everybody. But kind of yeah. knew it was coming, but. I got to ask you because uh, are you still a big fan of the NFL? I know you're a big Vols no. fan, a uh, college guy. No, I don't. I don't watch the NFL, and certainly <laughs> the NBA. Well, now here's what's funny. This story came out as a big story from the NFL this past week. I just wanted to get your reaction to it. An NFL rookie. I don't. I've never even heard of this guy. He's uh, Ben Cleveland. Uh, he played for Georgia for a while in 2018, and uh, now I guess he's with the uh, Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, a rookie uh-huh. there. Uh, the big story about him, what do you think it would be? You know, big, tall boy, uh, big, bearded guy, I you know. know. Uh, what, what do you think his, his big uh, NFL story would be? Shot at the coach. Okay, Georgia kid. I could see that could probably happen. What now, happened? Rookie guard revealed that occasionally he still likes to go out and eat squirrels. And everybody got mad. And everybody is like, half of the world is like, uh, well, what's wrong with that? Georgia boy out there, country kid, he grew up hunting and fishing. And the other half are just think it's the most distorted, crazy thing they've ever heard in their entire lives. Until food runs out, and you'll see how many of them eat squirrel. (laughs) He's like, you know, I'm not on any specific squirrel diet or anything like that. I just happened to mention that, uh, you know, I got a few squirrels in the freezer. I like to go out and hunt. And uh, get a little hungry, and if there's no deer meat left in the freezer, hey, you fry up a couple of squirrels and uh, eat it up and have a good time. Okay. And well, you know what? In the last 20 years, we've allowed 3% of the country to tell the other 97% what to do. Yeah. And that's what needs to stop. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where he's like, uh, and then they said, well, do you eat squirrels? He goes, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I went out one time with my old 22 and Popped a couple of squirrels, took them home, and mom cooked them up for me. And Popped a squirrel, hardly knew him. <laughs> and, uh, uh, decided, you know. That's, you ain't going to slow him down once he's reading one of these stories. But I just think that it's one of those things where this is a big story, but it wasn't a big story until, the, like you said, 
a certain portion of the population made it a big story by, you, by screaming like and yelling about it. Like I said last week, it. you let a girl named Marge with a skirt below her knees and her hair up in a bun who hasn't worn makeup since 79 decide your entire life. With nine cats. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to get some orange roughies. I think that's what we gotta from, do. From Saturday to Saturday, how many more things go wrong with this new government? I, I don't know. And, and, and it's every week, you know, this guy here is catching grief for um, <clears throat> for eating squirrels. And an NFL football player doing what he does, just leave the man alone. And then you have none this, of your business. You and know? then we have the story of the Australians whose puppies were taken away from them because. You know, they were basically starving them to death with their vegan diet, you know, because they wanted them to be vegan just like they were. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we did a story, had to be 15 years ago on the show. Um, their solution for getting rid of meat eaters was to put feeding stations across the United States right. with pellets so that the bobcats and the coyotes and all the predators could just go and feed there and not have to eat wildlife. That is so asinine. So that they would not, you know, so bobcats wouldn't attack a deer. So you or an can elk. train a wolf to not be a wolf. Well, yeah, you just have them, you know, laying around getting fat and lazy like Big Al the alligator, you know, next to the freezer, uh, next to the feeder, you know, hanging out like hogs do. You know, they go 150 yards away and they wait for the bell to ring. Oh, hey, food's They're on. Still killing other stuff and eating it. Uh, yes, they are. But I just, I just, it's craziness when I, I just, I read this story and I was like, really, this is a story? Why is this even a story? Because uh, they got to find some reason to make people look bad. Uh, I guess yeah. it is. They were trying to turn it around on him. And they make it they made you talk about it. They oh. led you right like a sheep. <clears throat> yeah, I guess they did in uh, a way, uh -oh. but only because of the fact that I just think it's so ludicrous Shots that they fired. would bring it up. Shots on the opposite side. Shots being fired today. <laughs> well, let's make everybody mad. You still shoot a bow, don't you, Tom? Oh, every day. Bow hunters, crossbow hunters, killing more deer than ever before. And they're asking the question, is it a bad thing? Because you guys are getting out there first. Remember everybody used to complain that uh, you know bow hunters get out and get out there first. That's the reason why a lot of picked, people picked up bows in the first place. And now that there's getting to be so many bow hunters getting out there, there are a lot of states that are saying, Maybe we have too many bow hunters in the state. Maybe we should start limiting the amount of bow hunters that are actually out running around in the woods. Because if you get this, in Wisconsin, just as an example, in 1969, there was uh, 5,987 deer killed by bow hunters in the state, whereas the rest of them shooting rifles killed 103,995. But you turn that around 50 years later, they're taking 25% of the annual deer harvest every year across the nation, which is not too bad for uh, guys getting out there early. You didn't do too bad this year, did you? Uh, you know, I had, uh, because of my kidney issues, I uh, had a limited hunting season, but uh, I did get managed to get uh, five whitetail, uh, mostly doing my doe management. I, I'm sorry, I was limited because of my kidney. I only got to kill five. <laughs> well, in, uh, in Missouri during archery season in the county that uh, that I'm in, uh, you can buy, uh, as an out-of-state resident, a uh, doe tag costs me $25, and I can get unlimited doe tags during 
uh, during archery season. My biologist wants us to take between 20 and 30 does off of our property uh, every year. And we do a lot of that during uh, archery season. You guys aren't doing too bad out there in Missouri, but uh, last year New Jersey bow hunters led the way with 63% of all the deer killed. Connecticut, 53%. Ohio and Massachusetts, 48%. Illinois, Kansas, 41%. Six other states reported archery kills exceeding 30%. Rhode Island, 39%. Maryland, Pennsylvania, 37%. Michigan, Wisconsin, 32%. West Virginia, 30%. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that uh, those are states that are looking going, wait a minute, these guys are almost taking half the the deer population well, during I think, the hunt season. I think there's a there's a real a real trend, you know. It's, you know, so many of us, I, you know, I've I've killed enough deer with a rifle. If I don't shoot shoot a deer with a rifle, it doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, to I just find it more challenging to but, use a bow. Do you have to get closer? Uh, you know, I just I I, I it, like it. And so I, I spend more time bow hunting even during uh during rifle season even though I have to have a rifle tag to hunt with a bow during Missouri's rifle season, most of the time during there, you know, I'm, I'm bow hunting. See, in Pennsylvania, you get a buck tag. It doesn't matter if you shoot it in archery season, you're not hunting gun. Nope. And I think there's a shift of people, you know, back in the day, archery was a little bit more, uh, you took more time to be dedicated to it. With the equipment today, you could take somebody out there in a relatively short period of time and make them competent at shooting a, a deer at it. correct. Yeah, and... And when you had those earlier deer being able to pattern some of these really nice bucks when they're fully on the feed cycle is a little easier. And some of the, a lot of these people, I think, are shifting and hunting those deer earlier. Well, one thing going to what you said, Braden, on your statistics, uh, states like New Jersey and Connecticut and even New York, for that matter, you have to bow hunt because they can't shoot rifles for the most part because of the the way the state is and the other thing is is those states that you just mentioned uh they got to understand that they've brought in bow hunters to take care of suburban deer Mm -hmm. because you can't fire a firearm in there so those numbers count as archery kills so when you have all these small communities where they're letting them uh you know sneak in early kill a deer and don't drag it out while the kids are at the bus stop and uh you know load it up after everybody's gone to work uh kind of thing that uh, more and more states are allowing that to happen, so those are also increasing yeah, the numbers uh, for look them. At, look at East Lake Woodlands. You can hardly, I have friends who can hardly put a, a, a flowering plant in the ground, walk back in the house to get a glass of iced tea, and, and by the time they come out, the deer have eaten them. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the sad part is, is what they don't know is that a lot of those areas in that area that you just mentioned are still considered county, and you can bow hunt there. Well. Uh, we had a... A really good friend of ours who had a nice little sweet spot right there in the middle of uh, between two giant uh, subdivisions, homes out there that were being uh, ravaged by deer. And uh, this little strip of land was the crossing point every year. I mean, would just clean up on deer. And uh, I remember uh, going out there one time and sitting with him and all you hear is cars. Whoosh, 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 cars going by, cars going by, cars going by. And he's managing to kill uh, probably 10 deer a year out of there, at least. Could have got more if he wanted to, but didn't have enough time. I mean, it's it's crazy uh, because they just they know all the back ways and how to get around all that stuff and avoid all the traffic. Uh, my buddy Jason has a, uh, where his house is. If you look at it on the map, the woods across the street are funneling point, and where they come out 
there's a little patch of woods that goes right next to the side of his house. He says he'd wake up in the morning, sit out by the pool, drinking coffee, and there's just deer walking between his fence and going to the back, just cutting through. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. How are you? It's like, dude, you got that big pine tree right there. Set up a dang stand right there. What jink? Nailed to the ground. Of course, he didn't want to do that because he said, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to shoot one. It's going to run through my neighbor's screened-in porch, die in its pool, and then I have to go drag it out, which would not be good. Nope. All right, taking a break. It is the Big of All Outdoors. Brought to you by Randy Fort William Day. Welcome in, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Tom Free, Bill George, Carlos the Cuban Redneck, and Diego. Steve had to go do his real job over there at the <clears throat> at the shark. He's over there hanging out. Hey, before we get out of here this morning, I wanted to run down uh, again. Thank you to all the great sponsors and people who've donated and all that stuff for the Panfish Challenge coming up. Had a, a Mr. Copeland came in and he did, uh, donated a couple of. Uh, packs of knives that we're going to be uh, doing in the silent auction. Uh, a set of Gerber knives and a set of uh, old-timer knives that are all in a nice big clam shell. Never been opened kind of thing. Uh, lots of private people donating stuff for the uh, auction and all that stuff. If you don't know, it is the Panfish Challenge, the 7th annual that's happening on June 19th up at Panavista Lodge up at Lake Panasofsky. It's $25 if you pre-register, $35 for the day of. That's per boat, not per person. You can uh, bring as many people that your boat is legally allowed to handle and uh, go out and catch your fish and uh, catch more money because if you get the biggest batch of fish out there, you get yourself $500. And if you got the biggest shell cracker and the biggest bluegill, that's about $100 each on that. And we're paying out all the way, all the way to fourth place, I think, as we go now. But now that um, uh, Brandon Ford has jumped on board with a nice check, that uh, I'm sure that'll all be changing as we get closer. Yeah, it's uh, it's growing exponentially every single day. It's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, yeah. I know that sounds like a bad thing, but trust me, it goes like clockwork, and it works very well. Yeah. And George, George, and I with GMB Gator Gear. Uh, Stepped up and was able to sponsor again this year. Yeah, you guys threw some cash in there as well. That's awesome. And uh, a lot of people will be very happy with that. I know that Lee Lures and a lot of other people uh, jumped in and donated a bunch of stuff and a lot of product so that all the kids go away with a bucket full of stuff. I mean, seriously, those kids go away with a a ton of stuff that any adult would love to get. Uh, Seriously. But also on that day is a catfish tournament that's going to be going on over in Hillsborough County. Yes. It's the first annual one. Carrollwood uh, Village Park. You yeah, got Car- it? Carrollwood Village Park. Uh, we have, uh, we uh, talked about it last week. It's going to be a good time. Alan and his crew are putting that thing together out there. Um, I think that one's free. Is it free? I don't remember if it's free or not. I wish Alan would call back. But it is free. It is It is free. free. 
It is free to the kids, and they will have free stuff for the kids there also, but the food vendors are at cost to the other people. That's right. I know they're going to have some food trucks and stuff out there for that so that uh, you can go out there and do that and have a spend a day. Uh, the park itself is really beautiful, and uh, like I said, it's always good to find a new fishing spot. And uh, according to Alan, the uh, FWC went out there and stocked it up pretty good when it came to catfish. And I think they're gonna aren't they tagging one out there too? They, for a they, special? He had mentioned that they were going to tag one, and and there will be a prize if somebody catches that. That'd be nice. Then it's a catch and release tournament on that one. Of course, one of the beautiful things about the Panfish Challenge is uh, not only can you win money, but you can also keep a bunch of uh, brim and red ear, bluegills, warm mouths, and fry them up and have a nice fish dinner for uh, for the And night. I got a question about that uh, the other day. Somebody said, hey, I noticed that for the people that didn't keep their fish, you all threw them in one great big old container there, and what do you do with those? And I said, well... You know, it, it, make sure what survives survives. If it if it doesn't, then it it gets or if it's big, you know, it'll get uh, cleaned. Uh, but those all go to um, feed either a a fish fry for the uh, one of the events uh, at the church, or it goes and they do a retirement home where they take those fish and feed them. He's like, oh, okay, because if if they weren't going to be being used, I'd I'd take them. Well, <laughs> I, I know that uh, for the, uh, the past years, I don't know how many electric knives uh, Glenn has gone through, because any of the fish that people don't want, he sits out there on that back dock, man, and just does nothing but clean brim, clean brim, put them in a big old container, and saves them up for uh, for the uh, for the game, wild game out. dinner. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, they don't go to waste. Trust me. And anything, as Bill pointed out, survives. They put it in the uh, the regeneration tank over there, uh, you know, filled with its so. blue little oxygenated stuff. And then those fish are returned back to the lake. So yeah. if you don't want them, we turn them back loose again. But and if you do want them, take them home. We did last year. Uh, my brother came in, and uh, my kids wanted to eat a mess of fish, so we kept maybe, I guess maybe about eight or so. So we had about three apiece. And uh, cleaned them up, breaded them up, fried them up, had them for dinner. Sounds yep. good. Right then and there. Yep. So it was all good Can't by everybody. That. And, and then, of course, uh, if you heard when uh, Jonathan called in, the uh, expo is going to be coming up again in July, July. 23rd through the 25th. So we have always known it as the Big Buck Expo. That's what it's called. been called for us for Seems like eons. Well, then uh, Outdoor Life took it over, and then, of course, they changed it to the Outdoor Life Expo out yeah. there. Field and Stream. Field and Stream, life. Outdoor well, we Life. Don't know. We don't know what the name's going to be, but so, so we'll we know, find out. We know that it's happening, <laughs> yeah. so uh, as we get closer, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be involved yeah. in it. Maybe they'll give us a bunch of free tickets to give away like they have in years past. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but what else nah. we got? What else? We Trout, redfish, red yep. and snook. Well, that's supposed to be opening up on June 1st, so we'll, we'll see. But what are we allowed to keep when this happens? Well, the, the what they did is they the reason why it's June 1st, you can't go out there and keep a snook on June 1st. Snook is in their annual closed period, but you turn around at the end of June or end of May, beginning of June, the executive order, which we've been under, expires and they are not going to issue another executive order for a fourth year 
for the Tampa Bay area North. And, and so we're going to resume with the rules that are in place. Now, while trout was closed, a rule change went into effect on trout, reducing it from a bag limit of four to a bag limit of three per person, only one fish over 19 inches. Okay. So three people can keep three fish. Each. Each. So we're all good. In the Tampa Bay area. Now, south of the Tampa Bay area, and I think it's 64 is the road, they turn around, they are going to open trout back up, except they're going to put in a per boat limit of no more than six. Now, if the four of us went out and I'm driving the boat and you each caught three, okay? We're done. Well, then we've exceeded the boat limit, so I don't know who gets the ticket, me driving the boat or one of you, or all four of us. Gets, I don't know how they make that decision as to who gets the ticket, who gets or if they give the, the boat the ticket, and the boat has to appear in court. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not for <laughs> boat limits. I'm for you having a limit and me having a limit, and I'm responsible for me. Yeah, there's too much gray you, area when you get that And you're responsible for you. Um, but yeah. that's what they chose to do. And then even though the science, the data, Everything does say that the South area can open up. We are we are at or close to our our long term averages on the number of fish out there for trout and, or redfish and snook. But yet, because certain groups of people are very motivated at keeping it closed, they're extending a no executive order to keep fishing closed for snook and redfish down south. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. I heard you on the uh, I heard you call in on that, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, now down south. Now, now uh, I will say this. I was once again extremely pleased with the number of people who called in to testify and to say, "Hey, and Carlos was one of those that say, "Hey, we we need to open this back up." Even the editor from Florida Sportsman called in and talked about it. And there are people who are very adamant. They just assume never see snook open ever, regardless of how many there are. But these people, and and I hammered FWC on the fact that they only met with the charter captains. Keep in mind, back in February, their recommendation was the science says we can open it all up. And then they got hammered when they were in some closed meetings secret, with charter captains. Secret, secret meetings. Yeah. Well, that might change if we, uh, we, so we start pushing for the fact that uh, the, uh, a lot of people are now saying that since they're uh, getting their preferential treatment and they're just, just, just like everybody else, then maybe we should start looking at legislation that require uh, anybody from out of state or anybody that's on a guided boat to at least have a fisherman's license so that it's not just covered by your uh, by your guide or your captain's license, yeah. so that they can so they can change and say, you know, me and Tom and Carlos and you but, decide to go out on a captain thing. We should at least pay five bucks ahead, exactly, so the state makes something off of somebody who comes down here from but, New York what, and fishes for what, free. What you're having right now is you you did not have the mass number of guides call in during this commission meeting, and they didn't call in because. In all honesty, the deal was already made before the commission meeting, you know, and that's and then unfortunately that's the way it was. the The overwhelming majority of the people that called were for opening it up. Um, 
So it, I was very uh, pleased it was, it in was, that showing. It was nine to one. Because it has been so hard to get people engaged. But what you got to understand is FWC is the trustee of this resource. They are not the owners of this resource. The public trust doctrine long, long, long time ago, going back, you know, Spanish, Old English, everything, these fish belong to the citizens of the state. And it's their job to make sure they're managed to make sure they're for us here today and for the kids and everybody at tomorrow. And all the science says we got plenty of fish to sustain harvest. And I've heard talks that there might be some some legal challenges to the fact that they're keeping it close. Four years, four years closure due to something where Gill, the head of the FWRI, said from the beginning the snook were not severely impacted. But Going back in the days of the freeze, it took forever to get South Florida opened up. Yeah, because it was bad the, back then. the captains just fight wanting, and I'm not saying all captains, but the vast majority of them are captains, and they are out there making that. And there are just recreational fishermen who just want to go out there and catch fish. If you would have looked at the comments and stuff, you would see that there were a lot of uh, guides. Who said, you know, all my charters will be catching release only. I mean, they're just going to make but, that decision. I went, that's great for you. But if, they, if, that's what if your there's that want, many people who are promoting catch and release only, why do we need to turn around? If they're all going to be releasing them, why can't Tom keep one? Yeah. You know, how much of an impact is it if the majority of the people want to just release? There's 80,000 boats in Tampa Bay every day, Bill George. I'm anxious catching to fish. see what comes out of it legal-wise because there's talk that uh, somebody may be doing. I'm being by the way. All right, we're going out of here. Go have a great weekend. It's a beautiful weekend. Have fun. We'll see you next Saturday. Later. Big of all. Later, guys. <laughs>